You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Well, grab your sermon notes there. Most of the scriptures we're going to look at today, again, are on the screen. Um, but if you have your Bibles, you can keep those handy as well. This morning, we're continuing the series, May Your Kingdom Come, as we're discovering what God's kingdom is and what it means to live as kingdom citizens. You know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we talked about this last week, we have a dual citizenship. Not only are we citizens of heaven, if you've received Christ as your Savior, not only are you a citizen of heaven, but you're also a citizen of this nation in which we reside, being the United States of America. The first of your citizenship is eternal. The second is temporary. You know what the Bible makes clear is that there's a coming a day when every kingdom of this world will end, but God's kingdom will last forever. Amen? It's a kingdom without end. Now, if you would self-identify as being a follower of Jesus, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you are a citizen of God's kingdom. But what I've discovered, just as I interact with a lot of different folks, what I've discovered is there's a lot of folks who don't understand what it means to live as a citizen of the kingdom. There's this lack of understanding of what it means to be a, a, a kingdom citizen. I heard a story recently, an old story about a man in Europe who wanted to travel to the United States. So this was early on in the pioneer days of our nation. In those days, the only way to get here was by ship. So he worked hard, saved up all of his money, and finally put together enough money to, to buy a one-way ticket to get to the United States. Then he bought an old suitcase, and he filled the suitcase with cheese and crackers. That would be his food for the three-week journey. It would take three weeks to get from Europe to the United States by ship. It was all he could afford was cheese and crackers. So on the appointed day, he boarded the ship. He was excited for the journey ahead. And when mealtime came, all the other passengers went into the dining room, and he went over and opened up his suitcase of, of cheese and crackers. Uh, and as they were enjoying this wonderful meal, he could smell the aroma coming out of the dining room. He was enjoying his cheese and crackers. Day after day, it was cheese and crackers, and then it would be crackers and cheese. And then it was cheese and crackers and crackers and cheese. Toward the end of the trip, one of the men, one of the men on the ship came up to him and said, Sir, I can't, I can't help but notice that each time a meal is served, like you go over in the corner and you eat. Cheese and crackers. Like, why don't you come into the banquet, banquet hall and eat with us? Why don't you come and enjoy this wonderful food that's been prepared? And Trevor was embarrassed, but finally said, well, to tell you the truth, I only had enough money to buy the ticket. Like, there was no money, absolutely no money left over for meals. And the other passenger raised his eyebrows in surprise. He says, don't you realize that the meals are included in the price of the ticket? Like, your meals have already been paid for. Oh, here was a man living on cheese and crackers when he had like the whole dining room available for him. And he was not taking advantage of it because he didn't realize that it was part of the package. And as I heard that story, it uh, kind of brought to my mind, I think of how oftentimes Christ followers are living, not fully understanding what it means to be a kingdom citizen. Therefore, not aligning their lives as to what it means to be a kingdom citizen. I believe In my conviction, I believe that there's no greater revelation needed in the church today than a proper understanding of the priority, the practice, the purpose, and the power of God's kingdom. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are citizens of God's kingdom above all else. And we need to live as kingdom citizens. Now, in case you were not here last week, 
or as a reminder for those who were here, uh, what we discovered last week is that God did not save you just to get you to heaven. He saved you so that he might bring you into his kingdom and manifest his kingdom through your life here on earth. There were three significant statements I made last week concerning God's kingdom, and I want to give those to you again as we launch into this this morning. The first thing that we said is that God's kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's place. What is the kingdom? God's reign through us, God's people, over this being God's place. The second thing I said last week is that the kingdom is not just future. It's present, it's now, and it's in you. Where's the kingdom? The kingdom today is residing in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, again, you're a citizen of God's kingdom. The third thing we said last week is that the coming of the kingdom happened through Jesus as he came to do this, as he came to restore what was lost. So what was lost in the fall, in the Garden of Eden, Jesus came to restore for us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, we have what's known as the Lord's Prayer. As Jesus prayed these words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Notice, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus was asking the Father to bring his kingdom rule on earth and that his will might be carried out here on earth. That's what Jesus was praying. Now this very kingdom that Jesus was praying about, he came to establish as he provided the way of salvation that we might be a part of God's kingdom. So So praise God for salvation, and I'm grateful for salvation, but what we must understand today is that salvation is just the starting point. It's just the entry into God's kingdom. Following the miracle of salvation, we are to live as God's, we are to live as citizens of God's kingdom, and we are to manifest His kingdom on this earth. So God's kingdom should be happening through your life as your resident here on earth. See, to be saved into God's kingdom is to embrace this, is to embrace God's comprehensive rule over every aspect of life. So this is like, this is a far cry from just merely asking Jesus into your heart. It means new life, new identity, and a new kingdom. That's what it means as you come into God's kingdom. I mean, think about, think about someone coming from another country to the United States as an immigrant. They come from another country hoping to gain citizenship in this country. And so as they arrive, they begin a whole process of paperwork and hearings and meetings. It's a long process of someone becoming actually a citizen of this country. And once they become a citizen, it's not like that's the end, right? Once they become a citizen, if you think about it, it's like that's when they really have a new beginning. Once they become a citizen, they have a new life, a new identity, and a new country. And the citizens, they now go to work to establish themselves in this country of which they become a citizen of. They also come under the domain or the rulership of of this nation. And that's the similar process of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. What we come under the domain, under the leadership of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So when a person chooses to become a follower of Jesus Christ by receiving his salvation, that person then becomes a subject. You're a subject of God's kingdom. They're now living under the lordship of Jesus Christ and are, uh, and are his representatives in this world. And the reason that God saved us and left us here is so that we could bring his kingdom present in this world. 
Not just that we're like hanging on till Jesus comes. No, we should be establishing kingdom rule in this place as kingdom citizens. Interesting. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, we looked at this verse last week, but I want to bring it back again this week. Notice Paul wrote here, consequently, you're no longer foreigners. You're no longer aliens, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. So what we're fellow citizens, and today we have the privilege of being members of God's household. And then Peter further expanded this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter wrote, but you are a chosen people. So he's he's talking about you. So make this personal. Who are you? You're a chosen individual. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Notice that for the purpose of that, you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So as citizens of God's kingdom, we're representing God's kingdom on earth. We're living under God's rule, and we're living out God's rule. So it's not just living under. We're to be those who are living out God's rule here on this earth. I like the way Dr. Tony Evans says it. One of my favorite communicators said these words. He said, having Jesus in your heart will get you to heaven, but having Jesus in your heart won't get heaven down into history. The Jesus in your heart must also be the Jesus who rules in the kingdom which you are a part of. And that's why Jesus spoke so much about the kingdom. Not only did did he speak about the kingdom, but as, as Jesus came, he demonstrated the power of the kingdom. He came proclaiming and demonstrating. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. What was he preaching? What was he proclaiming? Scripture says that he, he was proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you look on down a few, a few verses in Matthew chapter 4, verse, seven, uh, verse 23, the Scripture says that Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Notice again, he was proclaiming, he was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And as he was preaching the good news of the kingdom, he was actually demonstrating the kingdom demonstrating kingdom power that he was healing every disease and sickness among the people. So not only was Jesus then proclaiming the kingdom, again, he was living out kingdom power. And it's this kingdom that we're citizens of, and it's this kingdom that we're called to represent. But to properly represent God's kingdom, there's a few basic truths that we need to understand about God's kingdom. There's a few things that we need to nail down about God's kingdom. So we're citizens of God's kingdom. But what does that mean? What does God's kingdom look like? This morning, really quick, I want to give you four truths, four basic, simple truths about God's kingdom. And if you don't understand these basic truths about God's kingdom, then you will not be able to properly align yourself as a kingdom, as a citizen of God's kingdom. In other words, you'll be out of alignment with, if you don't understand, these four things about God's kingdom. Here's the first one. God's kingdom originates from his realm. It's from above, not from the earth. It originates from God and impacts the world we live in. So it originates from where? His realm. We see this clearly established in John chapter 18. Jesus here in this passage of scripture is on trial before the Roman governor Pilate. And the Jewish leaders, if you're familiar with the story, the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus put to death, but they did not have the authority to carry out capital punishment. Like only Rome 
Only Rome could do that. So the Jewish leaders have to bring Jesus to Pilate to get his approval. And those leaders knew exactly what accusation it would take to get Jesus executed by Rome. And it was this, if he would claim to be a king, then he would be... Um, he would be in violation of the emperor Caesar at the time, the, the, the emperor of Rome. And so what accusation did the Jewish leaders bring concerning Jesus? They said he's declared himself to be a king. So in this passage of scripture, we have Jesus on trial before Pilate. And Pilate asked this question to, to Jesus. He says, are you, are you the king of the Jews? And I want you to listen to how Jesus responds. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 36 and 37, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, it didn't originate from this world. My kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Notice Pilate continuing to probe says to Jesus, then you are a king. And Jesus answered, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into this world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So in this trial setting, Jesus was saying his kingdom does not originate from this world. But it's for this world. Not from this world, but for this world. His kingdom does not originate from earth, but from heaven. It's not derived from history but from a completely different realm. So from that, this is what we need to catch. We need to understand that heaven rules earth. Not earth rules heaven. We have a tendency as Americans to think that we are the center of the universe. It's our tendency. We have a tendency to think everything's about us. Right? We have a tendency to elevate our nation above other nations. It's a tendency that we have. And what we need to understand, it is, it's not the United States that rules God's kingdom. It's heaven that rules earth. And what happens up there determines what goes on down here. And if you're not in contact with heaven, then don't, see, don't be surprised if you're in a mess down here on earth. Because you're not in contact with the realm from which the kingdom originates. So as we think of God's kingdom, we must understand that it's God's rule that originates from his realm. God's rule, in other words, you're not, you're not in control. I know that bothers us because we like to be in control. Anyone besides myself a control freak? We like to be in control. But it's God's rule that originates from his realm. See, Jesus did not come into our world to establish the kingdom because it was man's idea. It was not man's idea. It was God's idea, and it's God's plan to bring his kingdom rule on earth so that we might have the privilege of being a part of his kingdom and the privilege of carrying out his kingdom agenda. So the first truth we must understand is that God's kingdom originates from his realm. It was his idea. Here's a second truth that we need to grasp concerning God's kingdom. It's this. When you come into God's kingdom, you come under his sovereign rule. You come under his sovereign rule. If you're truly a citizen of his kingdom, then you're under his rulership. I, I want us to look at three different passages of scripture really quick. These are all in the Psalms. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Whether you, hear me, whether you like it or not. Listen, when it's all said, friend, you don't have the final word. It's his kingdom. 
that rules over all. Notice the second verse in Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in heaven, and he does whatever pleases him. In other words, God's not accountable to anyone. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He does whatever pleases him. Then Psalm 145, verse 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endures through all generations. All generations. So God is sovereign in his kingdom rule. And this word sovereignty, sovereignty refers to God's supremacy over all of his creation, both visible and invisible. Listen, his rules are universal. They're absolute and they're comprehensive. God, therefore, is accountable to no one. When you came into God's kingdom, you came under his rule. You came under his lordship and under his leadership. And here's the deal, folks. You don't get to change the rules. You don't get to make up your own rules. Why? Because we come under God's sovereign rule. You know, if you were to come to my home, if you were to come to my home, there's certain rules that you would have to follow in my house. If you smoke, you'd have to put it out before you come into my house because the rule is no smoking in my house. If you swear, you'll have to use some mouthwash before you come into my house because in my house we don't allow profanity. So it's okay for someone to have an opinion about my house, but at the end of the day, their opinion doesn't matter. Why? Because it's not their house, it's my house. And in my house, I make the rules. If I came to your house, I would expect to follow the rules of your house. Why? Because it's your house. Listen, this is what God says. God says, this world is my house operating by my rules. That means unless you and I want to go out and create our own universe, we must adjust to the rules of God's house or suffer the consequences of our rebellion. It's God's house. We come under his rules. So to acknowledge God's sovereignty is to acknowledge his jurisdiction over every sphere of life. And to acknowledge his jurisdiction is to acknowledge the validity of his legislation in and over every area of life. So as we come into God's kingdom, we come under his rule. So again, you don't get to make up your own rules. We come under God's rule because God is sovereign and he rules. That's his kingdom. It's a kingdom that we're a part of. Here's a third truth that you need to understand about God's kingdom. And it's this. His kingdom exists for his glory. His glory. Not your glory, but his glory. Listen to how Romans 11 36 reads, it says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. For him be the glory forever. Notice again, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him, to him be the glory forever. Notice Paul said everything is from God. He is the first cause. He is the source. Then Paul said through him everything is. God is also the effective cause. Of everything in creation. And Paul says, and everything is to him. He's the final cause. It all returns to him to bring him glory forever. Listen, it's crucial. It's crucial that we understand that God created the universe for his pleasure and his glory. Listen, God did not make the world first and foremost for us, but for himself. Everything, everything is created to bring glory to God. You know, as we think of glory, let me give a bit of definition to that word. 
The concept of glory is, is giving praise, giving honor, giving weight to, or giving distinction to. So as subjects, that's who we are, we're subjects of God's kingdom. We are directed to live our lives to bring honor to God. Now there's endless, endless ways that can happen. But we're to live our lives as citizens of the kingdom, bringing honor to God. And let me just mention a few. You bring glory to God when you follow his word. When your life aligns with God's word, you bring glory to God. You bring glory to God when you make him the priority of your life. When you're saying, God, I'm going to seek your kingdom first, you're bringing glory to God. You bring glory to God when you choose to worship instead of wine when life gets tough. You're bringing honor to God. You bring glory to God when you value others and treat people with love and respect. Like you're honoring God, you're bringing glory to God. And I could go on and on, but what we need to understand is that as subjects of God's kingdom, we should live to bring glory to Him. Purpose of our lives. And when, when we as subjects of God's kingdom live for His glory by aligning to His kingdom principles, then God brings His kingdom work in our lives. In other words, we become conduits that God can flow His kingdom power through. Pretty exciting. What is we're living as kingdom citizens. So God's kingdom exists for His glory. Here's the final truth I want to share with you this morning. God's kingdom operates according to His will. To His will. Looking back to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6.10, Jesus prayed these words, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom, God, come. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus was seeking God's will, his will to be done, his purpose to be carried out. Jesus' passion was to honor the Father and do his will, even to his death. If you'll recall Jesus' prayer, interesting, in Matthew 6.10 we have this prayer. Then in Matthew 26 verse 42, we have another prayer. And this prayer happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus has just before him the cross, his death, his pain, his, his rejection. And interesting, in the Garden of Eden, Jesus again prayed about the will of the Father. Listen to what he prayed. My Father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, May your will be done. God, may your will be done in my life. Jesus was submitted to the will of the Father. Listen, friend, you cannot have the kingdom if, if you're not willing to submit to the king's will. Not, not possibly. You, you, you can't call Jesus Lord and then go do whatever you want. But we bring ourselves under the lordship and the leadership of the Father. To live as kingdom citizens means that we come under God's rule, we go God's way, and and we submit to His will. Again, often, often this is the point of conflict for us. See, we want God's blessing, and we want God's work, but we want to call the shots. We want God to do what we want to do, but oftentimes we're not willing to bring our lives submitted and surrendered to his will. I don't know how many of you might remember as a child playing with the toy jack in the box. How many of you remember that? Remember the little box had the little handle that you crank, little tune pop goes the weasel, and all of a sudden the clown pops up and scares you to death, right? 
I think that's how many people try to treat God, a clown in the box who pops up whenever we want him to pop up and do our bidding. And when we don't want him to pop up and do our bidding, we stuff him back in the box and we keep God in the box. And we're saying, God, I want you to submit to my will rather than us bringing ourselves, the created to the creator, submitting ourselves under his will. What does it mean to live as a kingdom citizen? It means that we come under God's will because his kingdom operates according to his will. As a kingdom person, we want to say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. God, I don't don't want my way. God, I, I, I want your way. See, you were were brought into God's kingdom to serve Him, to do His will, and to confiscate from Satan that which belongs to God. And you cannot, hear me, friend, you cannot experience the fullness of the kingdom if you're not willing to submit to the king's will. So, So if you want to be a kingdom person, living out kingdom power, and fulfilling kingdom purposes, then you must submit your will to God's will. For God's kingdom operates according to His will. And it happens in the lives of those who say, God, I want your will and your way. So the message of the kingdom is not a message of escape from earth to heaven, but it's God's reign and God's power coming from heaven to earth as we live as kingdom citizens. So what does this look like for us on a daily basis? How does this work out in our lives? I want to leave you with these three statements of application as we conclude this morning. What does it look like on a daily basis to live as a kingdom citizen? I think it's this. First, we we choose to daily live under the lordship of Jesus Christ more than just being saved. And praise God for being saved. But more than just being saved, we submit our lives. We submit ourselves to God. We're living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I think secondly, it means this. It means we choose to go God's way and live under God's will rather than choosing our own way. We surrender not some, but all. We love to sing that old hymn of the faith, I surrender all, I surrender all. Reality is most of the time we should sing that saying, God, I surrender some. But as we're living as kingdom citizens, it means this. We choose to go God's way and we're living under God's rule rather than choosing our own way. And friends, let me tell you what that requires. It requires a death of self. That's why we don't like it. That's why it's such of a challenge for us. The Apostle Paul would say, I die daily. I believe he was talking about the dying to himself, bringing himself under the leadership and the lordship of Jesus Christ as a kingdom citizen. Thirdly, what does it look like for us on a daily basis to live as kingdom citizens? I think it means this. We live our lives for his glory, not our own. Whatever we're doing, whatever our calling is in life, we do it all for the glory of God. And that our lives truly become this, worship to God. And when we truly live our lives as kingdom citizens according to God's plan, then there's no limit, no limit to what God can do. So may our prayer today, and I'll leave you with this, may our prayer today be the very prayer that Jesus prayed. 
Father, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come in my life. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the privilege that we have to start there. The privilege that you've granted us, Lord, that we can come into your family, that we can be citizens of your kingdom. Lord, what we know is that wasn't just to get us to heaven, though certainly that's a part of the deal, but Lord, it's so that we might bring your kingdom present on this earth. Now, Lord, today we, we align our lives to the very prayer that Jesus prayed. God, may your will be done. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. With every head bowed and eye closed this morning, and for those joining online, if you're here today and you would just say, man, I want to glorify God in my life, and I want His kingdom to come in my life and through my life. I'm going to invite you really quick. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you as I pray for myself. God, here we are this morning. Hands lifted and hearts open. Lord, today we choose to submit our will to your will. We want to go your way, not just our way. God, we want to be those who live as kingdom citizens, bringing your kingdom present, glorifying you in every aspect of our lives. Lord, I know we don't always get it right. We stumble and we fall. Lord, what we would say today, God, you see our hearts. Lord, we want to honor you in our lives. And we want to live as citizens of your kingdom. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives. We invite that this morning. We invite your kingdom rule through our lives. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.